0: Good morning everybody. I think the most daunting part about getting up here was climbing those stairs. I was like, every step I was like, don't trip. So we're off to a good start. Firstly, thank you band as well. Um, That was some awesome worship this morning. I can truly feel that there's a joy in the room this morning as well. As I was looking around there was people smiling everywhere, maybe that's because people are still on holidays, that's okay. But um, no, I'm really excited to be here. I'm actually honoured to be able to share the message I feel the Lord has put on my heart. I hope everyone's had a great new year and if you're tuning in online, welcome to you as well. And if we haven't met before, my name is Justin. I'm married to lovely Chloe who led us in worship this morning. I'm part of the team here at Uni Hill Church, uh, which you would hear from pretty much anyone that gets up on stage. Um, I'm a futsal enthusiast. Now, I see a few people before you go to the person next to you and go, what did he say about his foot? It has nothing to do with my foot. It is another form of indoor soccer and it's something that I love to do and yeah. But before we get into the message, I want to pray. So, if you could all bow your heads and close your eyes, close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this this morning that you've given us. Father, I pray for the word that you've put on my heart. I pray, Father, that it speaks to those who are listening this morning, whether in the building or online. And Father, I pray that you would just use me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as I was preparing this message, I was thinking and continued to ponder, and I was like, have you ever had a thought that popped into your mind? You forgot it, and sometime later it popped back in again. Well, coming to the end of last year, this was something that continuously happened to me. Call it what you will, but I felt God was trying to highlight something to me. It all started in this very building. It was a beautiful Sunday morning, much like today. The birds were singing, the service had finished, the kids had all been picked up from UHK and I found myself in the foyer. I saw a few of you edge closer then and you were thinking he's about to say toilet. It's not a toilet story, it's all good. But anyway, I was in the foyer when one of the UHK kids came up to me to say hello as as they normally do. And as they said hello, shortly after that interaction, they responded and they were like, I'm going to start copying you now. I was like, okay. I was like, this is my moment. This is the moment that I've been waiting for. I started to give compliments to this young UHK student in the hopes that I would actually receive a compliment in return. And I said to them, you're awesome. To their response, I'm awesome. While we did have some good laughs, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, asking, Justin, who are you putting on display? Now, I didn't think much of it at first, but as I thought about it on my way home, I realized something far greater. If I'm putting Jesus on display well, the child from UHK is not actually imitating me, but they're actually imitating Jesus. And for those of you who are taking notes this morning, I'm sure the title's behind me. Um, Title for my sermon or message this morning is The Imitation Game. Which is a great segue point to my first point. Point number one, Jesus, the perfect example. Now, for some of you who might be wondering, why is it in black and white? I'm a Collingwood supporter and I was like, hey, this this is a little way I could do it. So... You'll get to come on the journey with me this morning. We're going to have some fun. But as I was putting some notes together, I was looking at the life of Jesus. And I saw that Jesus actually taught many people. But those closest to him were his disciples, which means Christ follower or pupil. Not only did they follow Jesus, but they learned from him too. Now, me personally, I'm a hands-on learner, so I love the approach that Jesus took in, in asking his disciples to follow him. In our everyday world, his disciples would be called apprentices. His disciples didn't just follow him, they actually left everything behind. They no doubt walked like Jesus did and spoke with a similar accent, if Jesus had an accent. And I'm sure they ate in the same manner too. Every part of their life was to imitate their teacher. However, there's a passage that I wanted to highlight about Jesus and his disciples. It's a classic, and I'm excited to share it with you this morning. It's found in John chapter 13. Now, in John chapter 13, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. It's Passover time. And what he decides to do is, once his disciples sit down, is he stands up. He gets a towel, he wraps it around his waist, gets a bowl and fills it with water and he begins to wash their feet one by one. And from verses 12 to 15, it says this, when he, being Jesus, had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher, teacher, And Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, to add context for you, Jesus explains that to be great in His kingdom, we need to serve others. So, Jesus was actually showing His servant attitude to his disciples and washing guests feet or people's feet in those times was actually a job for the lowliest household servant in those days yet jesus decided to get up and wrap a towel around his waist as the lowliest servant would and he washed and dried his disciples feet now Jesus' aim was not only to get them to show greater hospitality to each other But his greater goal was actually to extend his mission to his disciples, therefore imitating Christ. Serving God, serving one another, and serving people. And when I was looking into many scriptures about the life of Jesus and the things he taught, I quickly realized he taught a lot. And if I could sum up everything into something bite-sized for all of us today, I love a verse found in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, and it says, Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Following these two commandments, we find that we are imitating Christ by loving God and others. And if Jesus, God in the flesh, serve so willingly, we, his followers, must also be imitators of this, willing to serve in any way that glorifies God. Point number two, what did Paul say? It's a great question. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says, and you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, when I first read this, I was like, thank you, Paul. Nice and simple. Makes it so easy. But as I read the verse again and again, I continued to wrestle with the idea that Paul was asking the Corinthian church to imitate him. A man, just or a man, I guess, just like I am, just like any normal person is. And I was like, why is Paul... Or saying, imitate me. I know Paul wasn't an arrogant person, um, and I know he didn't think of himself as sinless in any way, shape, or form. But unlike us today, where we have God's word so tangibly close to us in our Bibles and countless apps to help us keep our or his word with us, the Corinthian church did not know much about the life and ministry of Jesus yet. Paul couldn't tell the Corinthian church to imitate Christ. Because the Gospels had not yet been written. I believe the best way to point the Corinthian church to Jesus was to point them to a strong foundational believer like Paul, who they trusted. And at this point in his ministry, Paul had already been serving the Corinthian church for two years. There's another passage in um, Philippians 3.17, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Now, like Paul in Corinth, he shared the gospel with many people who didn't know our Heavenly Father. And we too are in this same position. And how many of you can think of someone in your family, your workplace, or even in your friendship groups that don't yet know Jesus? When these people have questions or if we ever get the chance to share the gospel message with them, we don't go imitate Jesus or imitate Christ and then clean our hands of all responsibility. New believers don't have that knowledge of who Jesus is or his ministry yet. But what they do know and trust is you and I. So when we are showing what a follower of Jesus is like, we let people learn as they follow our example. So the question I have for you is, what example are you showing? If we show a poor example to a new believer, it's like putting obstacles or hurdles on a running track or a path towards Jesus. But if we put on a good example, they will get a solid foundational understanding of who our Jesus is and will in turn put him on display as well. Something I've said multiple times and I'm sure I've heard it from someone in the building, so I'm stealing it. Um, But in our lives, the only Bible people will ever read sometimes, on some occasions, is actually how we live. And how we choose to live has a direct reflection on how people perceive our Lord and Savior. Bringing me to my last and final point. I feel like we're flying. Imitation brings transformation now there's a story that I love and it's a story about a son and a dad and in this story there's a whole family at home and they're getting ready for their day as they normally would and like every morning the dad would find a spot on the couch or a comfy spot with his device and he would do his devotions read the word of God take some notes And he continues to do this every morning. The same thing. Until one morning, the dad stops and realizes the image that's being portrayed. To him, he knows what he's doing. He's he's doing his devotions. He's spending time with God. But to everyone else, he's distracted and disconnected as he sits on his device. So he decides to make a change. The next morning, he pulls out the traditional hard copy Bible and a notepad and he continues with his devotions until one morning his son comes up and asks a question he's like hey dad what are you doing the dad responded I'm spending time with God as I read his word and take some notes his son just looked at him just stared blank in the face didn't say anything just walked away the dad didn't think much of it So he just continued with his devotion until his son returned. The dad asking the question this time, he said, son, what are you doing? And as the boy finds a comfy spot on the couch and pulls out his pencils and his Bible, he says, I want to spend time with God too. And proceeds with his special time with God. And in Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2, it says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Now, just as children imitate their parents, we too should imitate God. We do this by modeling our lives after Jesus and his great love for all of us led him to sacrifice himself so that we might live. And our love for others should be the same. And some of you might be sitting here today asking Justin, how do we imitate Jesus? That's a great question. There's a lot of great questions this morning. Well done. I love love what Paul said in Philippians 3.17. I read it just before, but it'll probably pop up again. And says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Now, if you are if you are unsure, make it easy. We're all imperfect people and we all make mistakes. But if we look to those who follow the example of Christ, or better, follow Christ's example, that's a good place to start. You might even look to set a goal this year, it might be. Reading the Gospels. If that's something you struggle to do, maybe ask someone to read them alongside you. Unpack them together. If you need something more, I encourage you to find a mentor this year. Someone you can have regular catch-ups with. Maybe on a month-to-month thing. Do this for a set time, like 12 months, six months, whatever works, and then reassess. I remember when I was still living at home with my parents which wasn't that long ago, if you ask me. My parents did uh, fostering, and what they did was, we had oodles of kids come into our home, oodles of kids just needing love and care. And there was this, there was these two kids that came into our home, a young boy and a young girl, six months old and two years old. And what was supposed to be a short placement of You know, a couple of weeks turned into two and three years. And what I loved about this stay with us is they picked up on our quirky habits. The funny names we had for bolognese sauce, which we called saucy pasta. They picked up on the inside family jokes. And I loved that every time when I walked in the door, they would run to me they would just give me a fist bump because if you know me I love giving people fist bumps but while they were living with us something I realized was as they spent more time with us they begin to look more like us and while I'm glad that they're living with their family again I'm sad because I miss them but I know wherever they are they're actually putting on display a lot of our family to their family and this will be the same with mentoring when you spend time with someone you begin to look like them you begin to talk like them and even sound like them I even remember one time or probably one of my ever first mentoring sessions with um, with Jordan it was a, a daunting experience I'm joking it wasn't I'm joking I remember it was a Saturday morning and I was a I was a single boy at the time And Jordan decided to start off with a bang. He came with some single boy wisdom that someone or his mentor had passed to him. And he was like, Justin, I have something for you and I want to pass it to you. Now, the message today is not about what Jordan shared. But what I loved was with our mentoring time, created a space to have deep discussions. But there were times where we just caught up. There was no preset agenda other than the date and time where we'd meet. And sometimes we just enjoyed doing life together as we still do today. And some of the things you might develop in your life as a mentor or someone being mentored are your spiritual fruits, your understanding of the word. You might even have a greater desire to pray, spend time with your heavenly father. And crazy, you might even develop a really good friendship that's what imitate that's how imitation brings about transformation the more time you spend with someone the more you begin to look like them and the more time you spend getting to know our Lord and Saviour the more you begin to take on his very character so to recap number one Jesus our perfect example Following Jesus' example is our first point of reference for looking more like Jesus. Number two, what did Paul say? What Paul said should give us so much confidence to help people better understand Jesus as we imitate Him. Just be you. Take the pressure off. Let the Lord do the work through you. Three, imitation brings transformation. As I said, as children imitate their parents, we never stop learning as we imitate Christ. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, I don't know where to start or what to do, can I encourage you? There's never a bad time to start. Now, as I wrap up, I had a reflection from last week's message. Laurie shared a great New Year's Eve message about being inward, outward and upward. And if you haven't heard the message, I would encourage you to go and have a listen. And I love the illustration his title gave. Something to help us to be more inward, outward and upward is actually imitating Christ. As we do this, it's not only changing who we are on the inside, but as we put Christ on display for others to see, we're actually doing that outward expression as well and I love that imitation is a way that we can actually honour our Father upwardly. We exalt God, showcasing His very character through our lives. It is through the imitation of Christ that we find ourselves not only transformed, but contributing to the magnification of our Heavenly Father and His Kingdom. So as you reflect this morning, How are you imitating Christ to others? Could this be something you or we do better? I might get everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. feel like there's a time to pray here. But if you're here or online and feel you want to Better display Jesus in your life, or at times you feel like you've made a meal of things. Just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to pop up your hand and then I'm gonna pray for all of us and the people online. So if that's you this morning, you can pop your hand up now. Awesome, awesome. I see those hands. You can pop those hands down once you've raised them. Awesome. Gonna give a couple more moments. fantastic heavenly father i just want to thank you lord for this word father of imitating christ and what that means to us how we can better display you in our everyday lives to our family and friends and those we work with lord those we walk past at the shopping center father i just pray that you would help us to better display you in every aspect of our lives whether that's those on looking like our kids and loved ones, Father. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you would forgive us where we've made a meal of things. Help us to realize that it's not by our strength, Father, but your strength. And help us to not try and do things in our own strength, Lord, but help us to seek you in all that we're doing. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're sitting here today and you're feeling a stirring for the first time, pretty sure that's not this morning's breakfast or coffee. I feel the Lord could be and most likely is tapping on your heart. and He wants to have a relationship with you. You might be sitting here or listening online and asking the question, what does a relationship with Jesus look like? I can put it simply it's accepting Jesus into your heart and your life as your Lord and Savior and choosing to follow Him from this day forward if you don't have a personal relationship with Him and you'd like to invite Him into your life for the first time what I'm going to do I was going to do an altar call but I want to do something differently this morning if that's you this morning I'm going to be up the front here I would love to have a conversation with you I'd love to pray with you I'd even tell you about what a life following Jesus looks like, the joy that comes with it, but the family you inherit at the same time. I reckon I might hand back to Jazz or the band. You girls can work it out. But thank you very much for listening this morning. It's been great sharing with you.